the real money is being stolen from behind a laptop. We see these videos of cash and transit heists and the money's all lying on the floor or the guys rob banks or that's pizza money compared to what guys are stealing from behind a laptop. That is Kevin Hogan, fraud risk manager for private banking at Investec. His team works to secure the transactional activities of the bank's private clients. They sit in the forefront of this environment and see firsthand how the internet is changing the face of crime in the banking sector. Hi, I'm Karabos Khoda from Investec Private Banking and welcome to another Investec Focus Radio podcast. Today, we're exploring the world of cybercrime and its impact on individuals. In this three-part series about fraud, we will find out about how companies can better protect their data and what we need to look out for in terms of future cybercrime trends. But first, let's start with how you can protect yourself and your money in this ever-changing and fast-paced environment where it increasingly seems to be a matter of when rather than if you will be targeted by cybercriminals. The problem is, is that cybercrime is a faceless crime. In the South African context, we do not have the technology, the manpower, the know-how from a law enforcement perspective to manage, investigate, prevent cybercrime. And unfortunately, this is the theme worldwide. There's this whole industry in, this, in, in, in the digital world that is geared towards selling information, tracking what you're looking at online, and pushing your content on things that you like. Um, we constantly hear organizations getting hacked and people's personal information being compromised. So there's a couple of things that you can do because you have no control over where this company gets hacked or not. What you do have control in is that, that if that information is gotten to, how much damage can be used with that information. Now things like your name and your surname and your ID number, virtually anyone could probably get that information. The real important stuff that they're actually after is username and passwords. If we are increasingly purchasing and applying for goods and services online, providing more and more chances for crooks to target us. How do we limit the damage that they can cause by hacking organizations that we provide our information to? We've got these bad habits where we are using the same username and password on multiple accounts. That accounts for 99% of all online hacks. You must use unique username and passwords on each of your accounts. But you say to me, Kevin, the reason I'm doing this is because I can't remember them. You can use Password Manager like LastPass to manage your passwords. Write them on a piece of paper, paper can't be hacked, or you create passphrases. Okay, like, Investec is the best bank in the whole world. That whole sentence can be your passphrase. The other thing people don't realize is that all these big guys offer what we call SSO, or single sign-on. So you can use an email password to sign on to multiple accounts. So now Facebook was hacked. One of the biggest concerns was people that had enrolled and were using SSO, how many other things did the hackers get into? Do not use SSO ever. You need to have unique username and passwords for each of your accounts. Oh, I see what you mean. I often see these prompts for me to register on new apps using my Facebook login. From now on, I will decline that option. What else do we need to consider? I suppose some of the other things is use credible vendors. Are they verified by Visa participating security merchants? Because not all merchants are verified by Visa enabled. So we encourage people to use more secure merchants that have invested money in security. So it's like the take-a-lots and the Amazons and those guys. These guys are spending money on security. They're not these fly-by-night online stores that are here one month and gone the next. 
So are you using an email provider that offers second level, maybe even third level of authentication, username and password, second factor authentication, authentication apps where you need a token that you've got to put in. What a lot of people do, and, and, and I do this myself, is you actually have two email addresses. You have one where you sign up for all these things and, and you get all the spam. And then you have one that you use for the, the really serious stuff. It's the bank statements you might be getting or um, you know the travel information that you're providing. And these email accounts should be secured. Speaking of emails and protecting them from being hacked, once you've handled that part, you need to deal with phishing emails, right? I mean, we all know that there's very little you can do to stop them from coming into your inbox. So what phishing scams are fraudsters using these days that are proving to be most effective? They pretend to be organizations and send you emails saying, ah, oh, this is cell phone provider X. Um, please log in with your username and password so we can process your upgrade. You then click on the link in the phishing email and you put in your username and password. Meanwhile, that link is fake. That is not the cell phone provider. It is a fake screen created by the hackers. And you have just given away your credentials by inputting it into the fake screen. That's exactly what they're doing. They're phishing for your credentials. They trick you into clicking links to reroute you to login screens. You need to recognize them for what they are. So we say to people, don't click on links to go to places. Rather go into the URL directly. So if it's one of the cell phone providers, type in www.cellphoneprovider.co.za. But the hackers know that we're lazy and we like to use links, so they take advantage of that. And then I suppose most people have had the same cell phone number for more than 10 years. When we give that cell phone number to everybody, what starts to happen is that cell phone number can be used to uniquely identify who you are. You start getting spam, you start getting what we call um, uh, vision calls, and you're out there. I encourage people to be a little bit more selfish with their information. You're so right. I have never really thought about that. What other precautions do we need to take? If you look at people on their devices, laptops at home, cell phones that you own, when you bought that laptop or device, was security part of that decision-making process? And once you bought that device, are you confident that the software you have, like an antivirus or an anti-malware, on that device is adequate, is it good? The same thing goes with antivirus or anti-malware. They are not all created equal. And a lot of people have the free version of antivirus, and they get this false sense of security that they're protected. Now, do you think the free version is going to give you the same protection as the paid version? Wow. You're really giving us a lot to think about here. What I'm getting from all this is that complacency is risky. We really need to empower ourselves when it comes to cybersecurity. So we've spoken about online shopping, but what about these new in-store technologies that allow you to tap and go? Is tapping safer than dipping your card into a pay point? Tapping is far safer than dipping your card. Okay, because if you dip your card, there is, an, there is an element of perhaps skimming the mag stripe or swiping and skimming, where if you tap, you're not able to clone the chip. Okay, so that's where the real benefit lies. Unfortunately, with tapping, because, you know, anyone, if they took your card, they could tap anywhere, the transactions are limited on purpose from a security perspective. The rapid integration of the internet into everyday devices like cell phones, televisions, watches, and even fridges has meant that our information is literally everywhere. In one hand, our preferences and habits are being tracked and used by companies to make our lifestyles more efficient. In the other, it has exponentially increased the reach criminals have to our pockets. In the tug of war for our personal information, is it possible to minimize the amount of data you put out into the world? These guys are tracking everything that you're doing. And you can actually get software that stops that from happening. One of the things that you can do that people don't realize is you can use VPNs. 
Okay. A virtual private network, you can run that on your local cell phone, you can run it on your laptop, you can install it on your router. That anonymizes a lot of your traffic and will solve some of these issues where people are looking at your data. So what are companies doing to make sure that all this data is not being used by fraudsters against us? I think in the cyber circles, people realize that it's not a case of if, but when you get hacked. And it's really around having the correct systems and processes to detect it very early, to respond correctly and minimize the damage as much as possible. I think most corporates will do that to a greater or lesser extent. But I think it's got to go beyond that because I think what you've got to do is partner with your clients as well. You know, clients also house their own data and if they get breached, potentially it could have a knock-on effect on you. So I think it's a partnership between you and your clients, helping your clients know what's out there and how they can protect themselves. But also obviously internally, you, you've, you've got to continually evolve, keep your guard up. The system or process that helped you today may not be the system or process that helps you tomorrow. So, it's all about being stingy with your personal information, being aware of social engineering, and making sure that we have a unique password for every account. Thanks, Kevin, for all these useful insights. I think there will be many habits that need to be changed to ensure that we keep our information safe going forward. And thank you for listening to Investec Focus Radio. Tune in to the next two episodes in this three-part series where we chat to Kevin about how cybercrime affects companies and future trends. And be sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts.